ladies. Welcome to the Mav Method Podcast, where we free you from the misery of yo-yo dieting and give you the life-changing body confidence you deserve forever. Here's your host, ISSA certified personal trainer and fitness nutritionist and women's transformation specialist, Maverick Willett. Welcome back. It's episode three. We're going to talk about body dysmorphia, playing the comparison game, advertising, and we're going to talk a little bit about fad diets. This is Maverick's late night voice, just in case you're wondering. Welcome to 98.3. The sex. No. <laughs> I cannot call a radio station the sex. Okay. So um, body dysmorphia, this is very relevant to what we do full time. Uh, a lot of women and men deal with body dysmorphia on a very real level. And we see the effects of that mm-hmm. every day. Absolutely. I know you've dealt with it. Absolutely. I think that it's become more and more prevalent because of social media Because social media is essentially, for the most part, a platform where people will put the best captures of their lives. So Kodak moment. Exactly. And not only the best photos or videos or what have you, but also edit them to make them look even more pristine, (laughs) which messes with people's minds. I mean, I actually, I did a a post a few weeks ago um, on my story about the filters on um, Instagram, Snapchat, all of that, and how drastically, uh, how they're getting more and more drastic, how they're changing the way that your face looks, almost so much so that when you hit the X to exit out of it and you see your own face, you're like, ah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I say that when I see my face at any moment, but, <laughs> but I, yeah, so the, the, all the, the alterations you can make now are insane. I mean, the Facetune app, you can go in and literally just alter, you know, make your waist slimmer. You can make, um, your, your face different. You can move your nose and make it like a different shape, your lips, a different shape. They have a video version of it now, and a lot of the mm. big time models are using that. So now you can, you know, used to you could prove something by 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 posting a video and being like, "See, it wasn't. I'm not. I don't Photoshop my body." But now you don't know because they could be with with the new apps out there. Um, so it's it's. I feel like that gives women such an unrealistic expectation upon themselves mm-hmm. to compare themselves to something that, as we have learned through a recent study that was done, is unrealistic. Um. What was the study that said that 95% of women report being unhappy with their body? I think it was right. higher than that. It was a college study that was done, and it said that uh, it, I think it was close to like 97% mm-hmm. were not completely satisfied with their bodies. Or highly dissatisfied. Highly dissatisfied. And it said, and of those 97%, 90% did not have the genetics of the person they were comparing to on the magazine cover, right? I think that's huge, actually, because, uh, again, kind of going back to social media, when you look at different individuals, you don't know what their height is. And height plays a huge role in someone's ability to gain muscle, someone's ability to lose fat. So, for example, it's easier for a shorter person to put on muscle much quicker than a taller person. Yeah, I think that's the key descriptor. They can do it much 
more quickly exactly. than people like us can who are built like avatars. And then for taller individuals like ourselves, it's easier for us to put on a few pounds without it being a drastic change versus somebody that's much shorter. It If they put on a few pounds, it you know shows. That's why professional bodybuilders are all around 5'6", five, 5'7", five, the, the men. And the women are usually the, the like the, the physique athletes, the, fig, the figure competitors, they're usually around 5'3", five, 5'2", five, mm-hmm. because the amount of muscle you can pack on that frame, it's just much easier. It's it, it takes less time and it looks more proportional. Now, I will say that it is, to me, I guess I'm biased because we're both pretty tall. I'm 6'5", and you're 5'9", which is tall for a female. Mm-hmm. I'm a little biased, but I think that uh, <laughs> when people are taller and are very, very proportional, that it's much more impressive because I guess I know from experience how much work and time that takes. But that being said, when you're comparing yourself to someone, and, and I, I can kind of speak on this because I did this for years, comparing myself to these jack dudes on Instagram back when I was really into the, the fitness industry and, and all that. And then I would see these guys in person at a fitness expo and they came up to my belly button. <laughs> and I was like, man, I was, I've was i been sitting here comparing myself to this guy for years and he's got a totally different body type than me. And I, I know women do that as well. Well, I think with women... <laughs> You know, I hate to say this, but it's more of a scenario where um, you'll meet somebody in person and you'll be like, wait a second, you look nothing like all of these photos. I saw that a lot, too, at the fitness expos. Uh, The Photoshop is real. But yeah. And so that what this does is it if you see this on the magazine covers. Right. And, And a lot of times they use fitness models for weight loss magazines as their as their cover model. Um, and to me, that's not a that's not really realistic. You're, you're you're showing someone who has been in shape for a long time, probably their entire life, and you're using them to advertise weight loss, which is something that a lot of people struggle with. And to me, that's just not really a realistic comparison. But it, it, I, when women see that over and over and over, the advertisers know it's going to plant that mm-hmm. seed in their mind of. Well, why don't I look like that? Mm-hmm. Why don't my results resemble hers? Why didn't I lose that much weight in that time frame? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's the, the words on the magazine cover don't don't match the person on the cover. They'll say lose 48 pounds in a month or whatever dumb shit Dr. Oz is preaching. And they'll they'll use a, the model who is already in shape to depict that type of result. It's just it's just a total mind screw up for, for a lot of people. And I think it's also dependent on, I mean, we know how important angles are with taking photos and Mm -hmm. the right angle can create a completely different depiction of what a person looks like. So, for example, I actually I showed Maverick a photo of somebody um, that put two side by side pictures of themselves and all they did is in one um, they were flexing a little bit more, holding their their core tight, um, but they pulled their bikini straps up higher on their hips. And then the other photo, the bikini straps were low and straight on their hips. And the difference between the two photos that were taken minutes apart were astronomical. Um, Do you remember the photo I'm talking about? Yes, yes. And I've seen that many times. And that's why a lot of those swimsuits are designed that way. Um, And if you you know, exacerbate that, that angle. It it makes you, your hips appear smaller and everything else. But that being said, what all this does, bring it back to body dysmorphia, it makes people feel like they're not good enough. Mm -hmm. It makes what they see in the mirror. It makes them unhappy with what they see in the mirror and they judge their own body based on a 
altered image based on a photoshopped image based on a perfect depiction of a life a facade that's not really there and it leads to a lot of unhappiness um, and, I, and I think it's something to be very aware of and very realistic about um, the, these people don't look like that 24 7 they don't they don't walk around looking like that they, they do the, the the best pose the best angle the best lighting um, and and usually alter the photo quite a bit before they'll post it because Here's the ironic part. Those people have body dysmorphia and they don't think that they look good enough in the first 60 pictures. So it's like a, it's almost like a, it's like body dysmorphiaception. Um, everyone is insecure with themselves. Well, and a lot of times it is photo shoot pictures. So it's, a, you know, a specific event that they planned for and dieted for and they looked their best for that specific event and they took a lot of different photos we do this and then you use those photos you know exactly mm -hmm. so do you actually look like that year-round no very few people do it's not mm -hmm. realistic do and do i look like i look have looked in any photo shoot year-round absolutely not granted um i'm not even going to pretend that it's it's uh as difficult for me because i have naturally lean genetics it doesn't take me very long to prepare um, so I, I have that genetic advantage of being able to drop body fat very fast, but I have to eat an entire horse to gain any kind of weight. That's kind of my pro and con. Um, but that being said, I don't look like that year round. I wouldn't want to look like that year round. I wouldn't want to have the, I wouldn't want to have the restraint and the restriction that it takes to look like that year round. So you like ice cream too much. Yeah. I like ice cream way too much. I love being happy way too much. Mm. And well, I think your year round body is so handsome. Mm, I like your year round body too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, um, that this whole thing and, and the reason this ties back into what we do is I work with so many women that just don't think they're good enough. And ha they're always thinking that they'll find happiness once they get to this point. Once I lose this amount of weight, I'll be happy. Once I change this about my body, I'll then I'll be happy. Once my waist comes in a little bit and I fit into those jeans, I'll be happy. Yeah, you may be happy temporarily. But you'll, if happiness was where you were looking for it, you would have already found it. And, and I think any, everyone should adhere to that kind of thing. I, I think that's it plays into the game of life, too, because it's like anything else. You think that if you'll be in a certain spot, whether it's with your body, your career, um, you know, how much money you have, your relationship, um, that you're going to be happy. But as soon as you get to that spot, now there's something else that you want. Mm -hmm. So it's a never-ending kind of cycle that you go through of wanting something, working hard to get it, getting it, now you want something else. You're never at the pot of gold under the rainbow, so absolutely. to speak. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. That's that's so key because I think so many people think that once they have this, you know, insert thing, they'll be happy. And it took me uh, learning the hard way several times to realize, like, look, if if you always want what you have, you'll always have what you want. You have to be grateful for what you have. You have to be grateful for where you're at. You have to love yourself. Learn to love yourself. Learn to love what you're all about. Know your why. And then life gets a lot better um, because the ironic thing is when you live in a place of gratitude and you, you live in a place of presence and being thankful for what you already have, life then sees fit to award you with more abundance. But until you're in that place, you're always going to be living in a, in a scarcity mindset. And this goes for business. This goes for relationships. This goes for weight loss, whatever goal you have until you're 
you're happy until you're, you know, and I'm not saying settle. We don't want to settle. It's, it's always good to work for more and you always should. You should always want to progress, but don't think that getting there is going to make you happy. Happy is manifested on the inside. Happy is something you create. Um, and I'm saying this because I've failed with this over and over and over and over again. And I still struggle with it. I think, man, I'm just going to, you know, once, once we're at this point in the business, I'll be happy. Once, once I have this, I'll be happy. And I'm slowly learning to really just love what I have and fall in love with the journey. And then life, it really does get better. So I actually have a confession to make. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. So during pregnancy, one thing that I did that I probably definitely should not have done is that each time I would, I would go onto Instagram and I would search a hashtag of, you know, three months pregnant, six months pregnant, seven months pregnant, and compare myself to the photos of individuals that were pregnant. As you were pregnant. As as, I was pregnant. As if you could ward off that, that imminent weight gain, that imminent, that, I mean, your body's going to change. And towards the end of my pregnancy, I started doing the opposite where I would do, you know, hashtag one month postpartum, hashtag three months Mm, postpartum and, and compare myself. And that is such a, such an evil game to play with yourself because you are just setting yourself up for mental failure at that point. Because most of the time, as we said a little bit earlier, people are not putting the pictures that you actually want to see. They're not putting the the realistic photos on there. They're putting the photos of the best angle captured at the best time in the best light. And it's not going to be real life or realistic. Yeah. And gosh, I mean, that's such a great example because here, here you are. I mean, you can't control to, to many extents what's going to happen to your body during pregnancy and, and postpartum. It's going to move at the pace it wants to move at. Now, obviously there's certain things you can do with your nutrition, with your, with your overall activity level, with your training, with your recovery, everything Mm -hmm. that can, that can definitely help the process along. But it's despite all that, the likelihood that it will match someone that you're aspiring to is is very who knows it's a toss up and and your body's going to do what it's going to do. It recovers at its own pace, and that man, that's a, I'm so glad you said that because I'm sure so many women do that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you just said something that so many women do, and it sets them up for unhappiness. They're gauging their process progress based on someone else's you know progress that's has probably goes back to, you know, they have a very different body type. Your One of your best friends was recently pregnant and got back to, down to her pre-pregnancy weight in almost a week and a half, but she's also much shorter than you. Mm-hmm. And so if you didn't know that and you didn't know her and you were comparing your progress to hers on Instagram while you're a taller person, you would have been setting yourself up for, for sabotage. I didn't get back to mine until almost nine months. Mm-hmm. And now today I'm a little bit under my pre-pregnancy weight, but that's because I don't have as much muscle as I did before. But you're right. The comparison game is something that I think a lot of women play into. And it's hard not to. It's hard not to when you're constantly bombarded with different pictures of what's supposed to be perfection. Yeah. So that kind of goes back to, you know, you are what you habitually consume. Mm -hmm. So you have to, uh, and I talked, we, we talked to our clients about this uh, on our group call recently. We have a group call every week with our clients. And one of the things I talked about this week was just this. It was, you are what you habitually consume. And 
if you are exposing yourself to negativity or things that are putting you in a negative mindset day after day by doom scrolling on social media or following people who aren't contributing to your life, but in all actuality, taking away from it, from affecting your mindset and how you think about yourself and view yourself, then that's going to become who you are. And you really need to do an audit, an honest audit of who you're following, who you're exposing yourself to. If you have kids and they're of age to, to look at that kind of thing, kind of do an audit of what they're exposing themselves to, because it really does have a profound effect on your mindset over time. And I always tell this story. Sophie's probably sick of it. But last year I unfollowed 4,700 accounts on Instagram and it had to do 50 a day because it bans your account because things are spam if you do any more than that. But that was one of the best things I've done because now I only see things that contribute to my life for the most part. And and I could probably still whittle it down a little bit. But um, when I did that, I stopped becoming out, outraged by the news and things that were meant to outrage me on a day-to-day basis, outrage everybody. So that was a really, really good decision for myself. And, and so that's why I'm kind of adamant about it. You know, you become what you habitually consume and who you surround yourself with. No, I think that's so true. I mean, it, if you're constantly seeing it day after day, then it's going to find a place in your mind to live and to, to poke at you. Um, and I think this is a great segue to talk about fad diets because I, I do believe that this is a, a reason that pushes people to do fad diets because they want such drastic results with their bodies. And they think that the only way to do that is to do something extreme. Yeah. Well, I mean, this, I think the the primary thing to blame here is advertising because, you know, I've, I've read a lot about copywriting and advertising, um, being in business myself, and it really becomes a, a competition to see who can make the most extreme claim, who can, do, who can offer their solution that is unique and different from the rest of the market and give you the, the result that you're looking for or solve your problem the quickest and with the least amount of mm-hmm. effort. And so that's why in the grocery store in the checkout aisle, you see these magazines and it gets more and more extreme <laughs> every month. It's like 48 pounds in two weeks without dieting. No, I, I verbatim, what you just said, I saw that on a magazine the last time I was in the grocery store. Yeah. I saw that on a magazine. It said something like it was 40 something pounds in two weeks. And I thought to myself, if you lost that much weight in two weeks, you're probably in the hospital. Uh, yeah, or borderline, and you're definitely not. You're definitely going to maintain that. That's the thing. This the, and and like I could go all day long on fad diets. You know this. Everyone knows this <laughs> if you follow us. But the my biggest problem is when someone says, "Oh, I did you know insert fad diet and it worked," and then I say, "Okay, so you're speaking in past tense, meaning you're no longer doing it." So don't you think that if it works, you'd still be doing it? If it works so well, why do you have to keep going back to it? To me, the definition of works means you can do it perpetually. It means something that you can implement in your life and it gives you the results you want without having to sacrifice a ton of crap to do it. It gives you balance. It creates time and reduces stress. That to me means something works and that solution personalized and different for everyone because a single mother of three has a lot less time and a lot more constraint than someone who's single and or some someone who has help with the kids or someone who doesn't have kids or someone who has a lot more time. It, it, everyone's solution is a little bit different. And that's why trying something that's one size fits all and an umbrella type of, of fad is never going to give you the results that you want for the rest of your life. Because again, if you if you rebound and you go back to where you were or if you can't maintain those results or you only maintain them for a short period of time, what is the point 
What's the point? What's the point of looking great for those Facebook photos on the cruise? What's the point of, you know, doing something extreme so you can drop five pounds of water weight for your spring break trip? I mean, you're going to be unhappy when all that comes back. And we were kind of talking about this before the podcast. And it was something I heard recently on social media where someone said, people are so resistant to being uncomfortable but by doing that, they stay uncomfortable where they're at. People are so resistant to discomfort um, that they they stay uncomfortable. It's the weirdest paradox, right? Like they're uncomfortable, but they're resistant to be dis, you know, resistant to discomfort in order to in it, like finally get comfortable. And so it's it's tough. I, I can go all day on fad diets, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, like some of our our clients will say um, that have tried fad diets in the past and have sworn them away since they have uh, implemented the lifestyle of our program. Um, but they say that, you know, if you try one of these fad diets, you should probably keep um, the clothes um, that you had when you started the fad diet. That was Ivy. Shout out to Ivy. <laughs> because, uh, yes, you're going to lose the weight, but as soon as you stop that fad diet, you're going to gain it all back. And unfortunately, um, that's even more discouraging because imagine all the time and effort and money that goes into that. Absolutely. Not to mention the damage it does metabolically, Mm -hmm. hormonally. um, And that's something that I will not budge on. And Um, mentally. Mentally as well. You did say mentally. I did. It is mentally. No. (laughs) It is. That would be such a mental game for me. It becomes an addiction. It becomes a yo-yo type of addiction. And the thing is, the thing is, the more extreme the method, the more you have to do for it to work again. (laughs) Honestly, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like a bad relationship, like a bad ex that you just keep going back to. (laughs) It is. You know why? Because it's the same type of second order change that that person has to make to leave the abusive relationship. You find people who complain about being in an abusive relationship. They finally get out of it, but then they meet someone who's shares the same traits as the person they were with to begin with. And it's because they didn't change. They didn't make the inner change. They didn't have that second order change. They make first order change. They just change their environment. So people who jump from fad diet to fad diet to fad diet, they will perpetually stay in that loop. And the industry profits from them staying in that loop. The industry doesn't want them to succeed. The industry wants them to keep failing so they keep coming back. The industry profits from their continual failure. And it's the same thing, like you said, with relationships, there's no second order change. They don't change the, the, they don't make the inner changes that need to take place. They don't point the finger at themselves and and make those changes to actually finally break the pattern. So if you take anything away from today's episode, take away that fad diets are just bad relationships. No bueno. (laughs) Fad diets are no bueno. They're abusive relationships. They are with yourself. Yes. Because... There's a huge body positivity movement um, and has been for a while. And I won't go too in-depth on that, but I will say that to me, the greatest form of self-love is taking care of your body and being healthy. That is the greatest form of self-love, not um, you know accepting yourself at a very unhealthy stage for the sake of you know es- escaping criticism. I-, I think that the greatest form of self-love is taking care of yourself and... and um, escaping that type of mentality where you have to deprive yourself to, to get results for, you know, for Mm -hmm. a long time. Chronic dieting is not self-love. No, it's something that you're covering up. I mean, if you are suffering from some sort of medical issues, um, because you are 
not eating well, you don't have good nutrition, you're not exercising properly, if you're suffering from, um, you know, depression because you're not happy with yourself, like, you have the opportunity to take action. And fad diets, um, although an action, um, are an action that is a, a, a path that is often traveled and um, not going to be conducive to your end goal, um, which is ultimately to be healthy, be happy, and be in a place where you don't have to go through the cycle again. Right. No, yeah, 100%. Um, and so a lot of people ask, you know, what, what, what do I do? What is the solution? What do I do? Because I think, you know, I, I don't blame anybody for trying a fad diet because how could you know any better? with the information out there these days. There's a lot of misinformation. I did a screen record the other day. I don't know if I showed you this, but I Googled how to lose weight. The first <laughs> four thing. Okay. First of all, when you Google how to lose weight, it tries to finish your sentence for you on Google. Like always, it says quickly in one day without training, without dieting overnight. That's the, that's all the suggestions, right? On Google, this is Google. And then the first four results that show up when you Google how to lose weight Two of them are fad diets, and the other two were multi-level marketing companies, okay? So for, for the, of the four first results, they were ads, and they were either a fad diet or an MLM. After that, you scroll down, and it's just a hodgepodge of people trying to get you to do keto and, and, and like zero-carbohydrate diets. And they have data that's not even accurate. One, one, uh, one site that I found, it was quote-unquote the diet doctor, and they were talking about how um, lower carb diets are superior to low fat diets. And that's not true. When, when calories are equated, there actually has been no data to suggest that one is superior over the other. So they're misquoting studies. They're putting out like things that are just completely false in order to rope people into their little like low carb meal plan. Um, it's, it's insane. So I, I don't blame people for going down that road because the first thing you do in anything in life, if you don't know the answer, is to Google it. <laughs> and if you if you Google it and all you get is that just a, a barrage of bullshit, what are you what else could they do? I, I, I get it. Well, let's just be clear on something here, because I think this is so, so important. If you're doing any sort of diet that's depriving you of something that you normally consume, so you're getting rid of carbs or you're doing a juice cleanse or um, you're just doing um, uh, the vegetable cleanse or whatever it's called. When you decide that that diet is over, because eventually it will have to be, you, those are not sustainable, you can't live on those forever, your body is going to you hold on to all of the the nutrients that you're putting into it that you've deprived it of for X amount of time that you've been doing that diet, which means that your metabolism is going to be screwed up because it's not going to be processing those foods as well because your body's been deprived of them for so long. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost screwing you up even more by doing these fad diets because now your body doesn't know what to do. 100%. Basic gut health 101. You never cut anything out like completely unless it's inflammatory to you, unless you're allergic to it, unless it's it's loading you up with toxins, lectins, etc. You don't cut anything out completely because then you lose the bacteria associated with that food and you have a less diverse gut biome. And gut health is something I can go 
for days on. But that's just from that. It's like, okay, so obviously you don't want to cut anything out completely. Um, so what's the answer? What's the answer? Well, you know, and everyone's going to tell you something different to me, to us being parents, being in the industry for many years, the answer comes down to what is your balance? What is, what is the answer that gives you that balance and that sustainability to be able to enjoy your food, to be able to not deprive yourself, to be happy and also look and feel the way you want to look. And the answer is not extreme. Mm. That's the thing. People want the easy fix and ironically they'll choose the hardest diets agreed. to get there agreed why if you want the easy answer why are you choosing the hardest most restrictive route and i don't want to i'm not going to go name name in diets too much here but it's because people want instantaneous so the easier way to do it and the right way to do it and the way that would be the most sustainable where you could keep the results takes longer than these what we call quick fixes but they they both have their pros and cons and the pro of having a lifestyle change that's sustainable is you get to keep the results the con is it takes a little bit longer. Delayed gratification. Exactly. And we're so used to instant gratification. Yep. I think the success of anyone's body composition change relies on their ability to accept delayed gratification and accept that you don't climb the mountain, you know, in one day. It takes one step at a time. That answer is not sexy. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't sound fun. It doesn't sound, you know, appealing, but it is the only one that will get you to where you want to be and allow you to stay there long term. And once you're at that part, once you're at that place where you are, where you want to be and you feel really good about your body, you feel happy with what you see in the mirror, you fit better in clothes and everything like that, that journey, that time that it took to get you there was so, so worth it because now you're in a place where you you know, you know what you need to do to have the body and, and have the mind and, and everything, that confidence um, that you want. And you know how to get back there if you ever stray. Yes, you develop the tools to maintain it for the rest of your life. And that is invaluable. Mm. You know who, what else is invaluable? Time with our son. <laughs> and he just woke up. So, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far, we appreciate it. Yes, absolutely. And um, for those of you that are listening, if you like what you hear, please, please, please rate us with five stars. Feel free to leave a comment and we'd be glad to read it in our next episode. And make sure you subscribe. Everybody have a wonderful day. Ladies, thanks for listening. Find us and reach out to us on Instagram at Maverick underscore Willett, on Facebook at Maverick Willett Fitness, or visit our website, www.maverickonlinecoaching.com. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check back weekly for new episodes. See you next time.